Welcome to the Becoming Eva podcast, where we discuss real-life issues from a woman's perspective. Becoming Eva seeks to break the silence within the female community while fostering authenticity, transparency, and healing. We're We're your hosts, Latoya Moore and Maya Dawson. Let's get started. Happy Saturday. It's the season finale, y'all. Season seven finale. Oh, my goodness. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven finale. So, woo, y'all. We done made it. We done made it through another season. Congratulations, Latoya. Yes, congratulations (laughs) to you. Thank you. And as y'all can see, we have a very special guest with us today, a fan favorite, the amazing Crystal Ricks. Welcome. Yay. Welcome. Thank you. Congratulations, ladies. Oh, thank you. We're so excited to have you and excited for you to be closing out season seven with us. It's been a minute. I'm trying to remember the last time we had you on. Was it maybe season five? Maybe. I want to say yes. Yeah, I got to see there was some more incredible women, so it was really fun. That's awesome. Good stuff. Well, we're excited to have you. Yes. Right. And if anybody doesn't know who Miss Crystal Ricks is, I'm going to read her bio. Um, Crystal Ricks is an educator and a lifelong learner. She is married to the one and only Dr. Ernest Ricks. Um, She's been married to uh, Dr. Ricks for 12 years. She has committed her life's work to educating the next generation. She comes from very humble beginnings that taught her to value people over their origin, title, material, wealth, or current Mm -hmm. circumstances. She has experienced firsthand that education is the great equalizer and can positively change the trajectory of the lives of children and their families. She wanted to be part of this noble cause. So welcome, Crystal Ricks. We're so excited to have you. Glad to be here. I love that bio. That's amazing. Wow. Well, y'all, you know, we got to talk what had happened was. So we're going to dive on in and just talk a little bit for those. Um, of course, Latoya read your amazing bio. But, you know, for those that may not have experienced you in previous episodes of Becoming Eva, you got to bring them up to speed. Let them know how you know Becoming Eva, how you know us, all that good stuff. So tell us what had happened was. Well, I have been just so privileged just to know some amazing, amazing people and women and Toya and Maya are just are two of those people. Um, We I essentially met, I want to say both of you all via in some type of way from the church we used to attend with Destiny. And now, mind you, I know Toya didn't go there, but her I'm trying to understand how that connection happened. Oh, I know. I know. (laughs) So I met Maya through Destiny Metropolitan Worship Church, where we, I was just, oh my gosh, always amazed and just all struck by the powerhouse that she is inside out, all the things, and then was, you know, able to create a relationship with her. I think Binding um, got to see her get, meet her husband, you know, get married and just really pursue all the callings and just really just rock it out in Toya's I met I know I met you and your husband really through track stars I want to say which Maya's husband also is a spearheading founder of and so I would sometimes because my husband would actually do some things alongside track stars I got to know what we call what the track stars wives so yes. that's how we we got, got together. We're the track stars wise. We yes. are men and their dreams and and all the things. And they show up for ours, too. But I think along the way, we have developed a friendship, relationships that are not even just based on the men. We do a lot of things outside of them. We love nothing more than going to a good brunch or together. So it's just really fun and getting to be God mommy and auntie to Toya's children. And um, it's just, you know, um, it's just been a pleasure. So. Yes. Yeah. yes. And we love you. We, so do. 
are grateful for your support thus far. You have just, yeah. And it's been a privilege just watching your glow up as well. I mean, I literally was just thinking the other day that you have a graduation coming up, don't you? Oh, you have a good memory with everything that's happening. You always remember, yes, I will be graduating with my specialist in education on December 13th, I think at 10 o'clock. Congratulations. That's amazing. I'm excited. That's amazing. In the midst of all that you do and all that you do to support your husband, you are like, yeah, doing the thing. And it, this has been a journey for you. Like you've been in, you've been pursuing this for years now. And so this is an incredible milestone that's coming up. And so we are thrilled to have you and celebrate with you in that regard as well. Thank you. Yes. All right, y'all. So, you know, we got to talk what's trending. <laughs> okay. So I don't think we did. Did we do um, um, hookups and breakups at all this season, Toya? No, we did not. Okay. Well, this is an abbreviated version. We just talking about a hookup. Okay. So um, <laughs> first off, word on the street, and actually it was recently confirmed that Common hip hop recording artist and actor, excuse me, no, let me not leave that out, is dating the amazing actress, vocalist, and talk show host, uh, Jennifer Hudson, Jay Hood. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so that was recently confirmed. And um, one actually friend to Becoming Eva, she was actually on our show. Gosh, I was trying to remember, maybe this was season four, but she was on our show um, a couple seasons back, um, women, when we were talking about women in media. And she posted this video of all comments past girlfriends. And side note, she was in a couple of them. So Toya and I, we're trying to figure out, Toya's like, did she date comment? I think it was a joke. Danielle, if you're watching, you let us know. We want the scoop. We want to know first, if you did date comment for real, for real, then you got to come back. Because we need right. Because it definitely said 2010 through 2011. So mm -hmm. that was right before. Well, that was around the same time I met Ryan. It, it might be true. It might be true. So, Danielle, you got to clear it up. Okay. But all to just say, she had this video that she posted on Instagram. And I knew Common had dated some people because, you know, we had talked about him hooking up with um, uh, Tiffany Haddish during the quarantine. That was most recently. And then they broke up last year. Um, and then before that, I know he had dated uh, uh, so Serena Williams before she got married. Um, and I was trying to remember who he dated between Serena and Tiffany. But when I was looking at the video, I was like, oh, it was Angela Rye. Like, I forgot about that. So he dated Angela Rye. And then even going back further than that, he's dated Erica Badu. He's dated Kerry Washington. He's dated Taraji P. Henson. Okay. Allegedly dated Danielle Davis. So <laughs> we're trying to figure out, okay, is there some serial dating going on here? Because y'all know my motto is who's the common denominator? Who, who's the common denominator, y'all? <laughs> Who is the common denominator? So that's that's all I'm saying. And we talk a lot about, you know, okay, if there's a certain pattern, why is there a pattern? You know, is common a player? Does he not want to get married? Is, you know, is there something going on that women don't know until they start dating them? Like, what is it, right? And so um, my husband and I, actually, let me back up. The Breakfast Club was talking about Lori Harvey and somebody said well it's common like the male version of Lori Harvey and I was like that could be a pretty good comparison right so I'm like let me run this by my husband right let me just run it by him because in my mind I'm like is there a double standard when it comes to men who serial date versus women who serial date and y'all we have talked about Lori Harvey as well and I have said I think you could you know find the tape rewind it bring it back I was like who's the common denominator who's the common denominator like what's going on right and so all that to say, um, when I was talking with my husband about it, he was like, well, maybe Common just doesn't didn't want to marry those women. And I was like, that's a lot of women to not want to marry. And they, most of, half of them are married now. Like half of them have moved on with their lives, doing their thing. So what 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 are you are you trying to say? But he does feel some type of way about Lori Harvey. So let me know. Am I missing something? Like, do y'all consider there to be a difference or a similarity between these two? I'll let you go first, Crystal. <laughs> I will say this. 
marriage is certainly not anything to go into lightly. Mm-hmm. So it's a choice. It's a choice. And I know that it's traditional, but it is still that it is a choice. And I think that as long as people go in, as long as they're going into these relationships with an understanding of what they want or what they don't want, like if he's in these relationships with these women, he know they want to be married and have kids and the whole shebang and just dating them and dating them and dating them. And he know that's not what he wants. Then that's, that's wrong. Same thing for Lori Harvey. If she's dating these men and they are looking at her as a potential spouse, and that's not something she wants, she's wrong. I I would say that, right? Um, But I definitely feel like there is a double standard. I do not like the way women are just put in this box. Like, we just jump to the most raunchiest of conclusions when we think about women dating. Whereas for some reason, that same raunchy conclusion is not applied to men in the same way. And there's a problem with that. I think it's really antiquated. Um, I think it's misogyny. Um, I think there's ingrained like hatred, dislike for women. Um, it's almost going back to when the men will have the mistress. He can have as many mistresses as he wanted to. But his wife, if she dared to you know, step out. Yeah. She was totally disowned and, and, and ridiculed by society. There's something wrong with that. It should be the same equal treatment. Like, um, unless we're saying that we believe in polygamy, unless we're saying that we inherently believe that men should be with multiple women and women should not. I think there's something to that, but that's just, I know that. But I just, I think that it's just, it's definitely misogyny. But like I said, I gave all of that to say that it's not something to enter into lightly. And who's to say, again, what's happening in these relationships? You know, how deep are they going emotionally? How vulnerable are they being with one another? Is it just for fun until it's not? Are they telling them, like I told my husband at the beginning, is a reason, a season, or a lifetime? <laughs> and he would check in with me and ask me, which one do you think I am? <laughs> this is, wait, this is when y'all were dating, right? Oh, yeah. Okay. We I'm I said, like, God be put people in your life for a reason, season, or a amen, lifetime. Amen. You have to recognize that just I because you it. date someone doesn't mean it's going to be a lifetime thing. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't. Yeah. But again, I mean, that's just those are my thoughts about it. Yeah, I definitely agree with everything you said, Crystal. Um, definitely think women we have they they view us and give us uh, double standards, even. Um, growing up, uh, I felt like uh, it was a double standard mm-hmm. for us mm-hmm. where my brothers would not have a curfew. Mm-hmm. Um, and even like on prom night or dance nights or whatever, uh, I would ask like, well, what time is their curfew? And this is, mind you, we would be in the same, uh, going to the same dances and I would have a curfew that was like at midnight or one o'clock. But then my brothers didn't have a curfew. So I was like, at all? Like, no. Even though they came home. Oh, okay. You know, that was going to be my they next came home. Um, but it, was, it wasn't like nobody was like checking at midnight or one o'clock. And so they could come home at like two, three o'clock in the morning. And that was nobody really said anything. Did they? Like, I'm just curious. Yeah. Like, and and nobody. Wow, that's interesting. Okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I mean, I just feel like even growing up, um, I feel like it was a double standard in the way that I was treated yeah. as opposed to my brothers. Um, just like higher standards. Um, it's kind of like the same where where people say like, "Well, boys will be boys," and mm-hmm. they kind of give them a pass at like being able to act a certain way and do certain things and date around. But if a girl is hopping around dating multiple yeah. people, like people are looking at you cross-eyed. Yeah. Um, and it's it's not fair. It's not right. Um, it's not. It's, <laughs> it's not. not. But you know what? If we're going to be, okay, we are by nature the weaker sex, right? Define physically, physically, right? Like physically, right? Mm -hmm. And and I think 
I think that truly men know what they are up to and they know what they're thinking and what they want to do to girls and other women. So they don't want their girls out there. But I say right. to say that I just say that to say that we are a bit more vulnerable in the repercussions of what is alluded to when people are dating and multi-dating, right? I mean, you jump to a conclusion that there are certain yeah. intimacies that are happening. And so I guess biologically and all that speaking, it's just a little bit different for women. I would I acknowledge I would acknowledge that. However, we live in 2023 where you can, you know, you have options. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, but yeah, I, I experienced the same thing, Toya. I'm the oldest and my younger brothers had a longer curfew than me. Like, <laughs> like no, I'm sorry. No, like they had much more men than me. Mm -hmm. And it was interesting. I'm like, wait a minute. I'm the oldest by some years. <laughs> Yeah. It's not you just fair. never know. Wow. Now, I, and I understand what you're saying as far as, you know, women should be esteemed and protected in, you know, and in, in regarded in, in a certain way. I totally, totally get that. My thing is, I'm not saying, you know, women be wild, men be wild. I'm saying, I'm saying women have standards. Can the men have standards too? That's what I'm saying. I'm saying, can we both be on the the positive side here. Can we both be on the modest side here? Especially, and I'm not talking about, I don't know about if Common and Lori are Christians or not, but I'm talking about especially as believers, as followers in Christ, like even the whole purity thing, like men, you should want your sons to be just as pure as you want your daughters to be just as pure. If you name the name of Jesus Christ as a follower of Christ. Exactly. That's what I'm That's saying. True. I'm not saying you be wild, you be wild, you stay out all night, you stay out all night. I'm saying no, you have a curfew and have standards for yourself as a woman, just like you have curfew and have standards for yourself as a man. Like that's what I'm saying. So Absolutely. yeah, but I, I do, I get what you're saying as far as like the chivalrous aspect of it, because you do, you want, you want to make sure that your children are protected, but I'm like, you should want your sons to be protected as well. Absolutely. Yeah. Trust me. Absolutely. Definitely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So we'll see. So we'll see. So here's a question. Do y'all think we'll be talking about Common and J Hud and make a, a hookups and breakups at all next season? season? Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Ah! yeah. Let's let's uh, uh, mark me down as a guest for that one. Ah! Question. <laughs> for season eight. <laughs> I'm not even gonna say season nine. I'm gonna say season eight. Oh, I love it. I love it, Toya. I love it. All right. Good to know. Good to know. So, all right. So we'll move on on a lighter note. And I thought this would be a fun conversation for us to have before we dive on into just recapping the season. Binge watching with your bae. Okay. Are there rules? Are there rules? Let's say y'all are, you know, y'all are binge watching. I don't know what's a great show that y'all like, but you're been you're binge watching something on Netflix, okay? Something where you have the opportunity to pause, to stop, to come back to, okay? If you or your bae falls asleep, or they're out of town, or you know they have a conflict or whatever, do you wait to watch the next episode? Do you go ahead and watch it and you like, you know, to you snooze, you lose? Do you act like you didn't watch it and watch it again? Like, what do you what do you do? Do you think there are rules when it comes to binge watching with your bae? Absolutely. Yes. You do not you do not move ahead and watch episodes without your spouse. Definitely, definitely, definitely. And then if now I'll say this, if you fall asleep and I notice that you're asleep, I will sometimes finish the episode and then let you know. I will pause it at the end. I won't go on to the next episode. I will let you know, hey, go. you fell asleep. Go back and watch that episode. It was really good. Like, <laughs> I think that's fine. I think that's fine. Yes, yes. Yes, agreed. Agree. I agree with you, Toya. Like there are rules. Like we have things that we're into, and we are not allowed to keep going. Now, mind you, if he's 
traveling or if I'm traveling or something like that, we might say we're going to watch it and then hop on like a call and talk about it. You know, we'll we'll do it like that, especially if it's days and days and days. And we really want to know before all the before all of the um, spoilers come out. So like we've been really into Love is Blind. So, (laughs) you know, you know, the last season they have been popping just dropping spoiler after spoiler after spoiler. So we really had to stay on top of it. We couldn't wait (laughs) because otherwise we're going to find out too much too soon. However, I'm with Toya. If you fall asleep though, and we're in the middle of watching something, I will nudge him, you know, try to get him to wake up. And then he'll often ask me to recap. I just go back. Yeah. Yeah. We'll start from wherever that was. But, but sometimes though, (laughs) <laughs> One of us might fall off of a series. <laughs> like I might fall off. And we have to make sure that that person really has decided to abandon the series. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Like I abandoned Scandal. I couldn't mm-hmm. take at a certain point. I abandoned yeah. Empire. I couldn't take. Yeah. So, he, so he finished those without me. <laughs> yeah. So. I feel you. I'm I'm in your boat, um, Crystal. I I have had seasons where or moments where either well, usually Crystal falls asleep. Crystal falls asleep, and I will finish it. But when he comes back and asks for a recap, I'll just watch it with him again. Mm-hmm. Like you know, and I won't go to your point, Latoya, past the episode that he fell asleep on. You know, especially if I know it's something mm-hmm. like we've been waiting to watch together. So um, I usually take that route. Um, gosh, Crystal, it was some oh abandoning shows. What's funny is Chris is usually wanted to be abandoning stuff. He to get me hooked on stuff and I can't let go. I'm over here like you still watching so and so. He like, I stopped watching that like you know months ago. I'm like, oh okay, well it's it's still good. So I'm like, I I'm the one usually getting stuck on stuff. So but yes, y'all, I just thought that would be curious interesting for us to talk about because I know some people are pretty passionate about it and yeah, y'all too sound pretty passionate about it. I'm like, oh yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. conversations over this. Okay, yes, good to know. All right, well, that concludes what's trending. So I will turn it on over. Yes. So on to the hot topics of the season. Um, this year, um, they have been celebrating 50 years of hip hop and the culture. And one of the questions that um, we asked was how has hip hop influenced the culture and how how, has it influenced you personally as a person? Mm. I think that's a a beautiful question because I think a lot of us would probably say the same thing that music is really the soundtrack of our lives, right? When I think about certain points in my life, it's a song that's kind of playing in the background when I think about it, right? Oh my gosh, it's just so interesting, like how that goes. And I tend to associate music with people too, um, like in terms of like what their genre, their preferred genre is, or what have you. But I can say that I think that it has had both positive and negative impacts on my life and on the culture. Um, I think because sometimes, similarly to social media, like people have a hard time disconnecting like reality from yeah. just. A, a trend, a vibe, a moment, right? And they just ascribe that to life and to all the things. And that's just not really true. So I think it's had beautiful like uh, influences. It's, I think it's made us fall in love with love. I know I was one of those people. Oh my gosh. Like, you know, my dad would come in and say, who you in love with? Why are you, Uh-oh. are you even listening to that song on repeat like 10 times? And I'm like, I don't know. I'm just, you know, just just be in it, you know. Um, but yeah, I, I just think it's the soundtrack of our lives. And I think being older, like now, I certainly am more on the positive side. But I think younger, I was more on the negative side. Like, you know, be so quick to go chop your hair off to look like that salt and pepper. <laughs> like, you know, getting that shave in the back. Like, you know, just, you know, all of us, I think at some point wanted to be Janet, wanted to be some of the people as opposed to ourselves. And I think that that's not necessarily the best aspect of it, but, but yeah. Yeah. Any, music is powerful. It is powerful. Any hip hop artist, um, secular or Christian that have impacted you um, or that you consider to be some of your favorites? 
Oh my goodness. Hmm. I think I I love Whitney Houston. I I know that I don't like her exit from this world, and that really hurts my heart. But I think it's just something about her music, about her voice. It just leaves this mark on you. Um, it I don't know. It's just something so powerful about it. But I would say that she, her music. The, the, the songs that were, I don't know, I don't think she wrote a lot of the songs, right? Mm -hmm. But the lyrics yeah. and all of those things and the way, the power through which she sung it. Like one of my favorite songs by her is one, well, I don't even know if she's the original of this, but the one moment in time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That whole, the whole, the, it's just the whole lyrical thing just, just is really encompasses my life and how I, kind of see it. I see everything as moments, if that makes sense. It's an opportunity. And I just, and sometimes we don't need, but just that one to know what kind of difference that we've made. And, you know, and we talked about being educated. I know we're, we got some other educators in the room. Toy is a fellow educator. Um, my husband's an educator. And we talk about that. It's like, you get all these moments as an educator. Like there's sometimes right. when you head down and you're like, did I, do anything today? Did I do anything with a difference? And then there are times where you're just so full that you're just ready to do it again for years and years and years. And you just you just know that that one difference was just so much more. But I think that's what that means to me. Like music to me is it definitely is a vibe setter, um, but it also kind of helps. Like it's almost like even like a I would say kind of this little counseling and nurturing, you know, along the way, you know as well i love it good stuff mm -hmm. what about y'all i'm the, okay i'm the musician in the room the virtual room so in my mind immediately i was like whitney houston is not hip-hop i love whitney houston too i love mm -hmm. her too but i was like okay like anybody that raps anyone that uh i would even say maybe does spoken word or just like more on the rhythmic side of things because Whitney Houston ain't had no rhythm. She could sing her tail off, but she cannot do a two-step to save her life. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. It didn't all matter. It didn't <laughs> matter. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> but like, like I said, I love I consider Whitney Whitney to be the greatest of all time. When it comes Wait. to vocalists, I have yet to find somebody where I'm like, okay, you know, but I so I'm right there with you. But in my mind, I was like, okay, hip hop, hip hop, hip hop, like any. So for me, from a hip hop perspective, I would say Lauren Hill, even though she's still showing up late to concerts. That's actually why I didn't buy a ticket. She's on tour now celebrating 25 years of her miseducational Lauren Hill, which was like one of my all time favorite hip hop albums, you know. Um, so yeah, I would say her just because of the dynamic of being a rapper and a singer she mm -hmm. was able to kind of bridge those worlds that you were talking mm -hmm. about Krista. Mm -hmm. and, and so and even like going the acting piece like going all the way back to sister act two and like how joyful joyful remix is like my joint to this day like let that come on the radio and i will do all the parts <laughs> i will do all the raps i'll even do some of the choreography like i'm gonna i'm gonna do it you know so i would say lauren hill um from a hip-hop perspective on the secular side and honestly i would say queen latifah for a different reason um what i love about queen latifah is she has been intentional about blazing her own trail another hip-hop artist who also sings she was like yo i'm about to cut a jazz album who does that like who decides to cut a jazz album and you go from hip hop to like singing jazz, like what in the world, you know? Um, Living Single, one of my all time mm -hmm. favorite shows. I still watch, you know, when it's in syndication. Um, and then just the fact that she continues to blaze a trail um, with Flavor Unit Productions and singing on Broadway, managing other artists, and just like acting on now, now she's on CBS, the equal, I mean, like just a lot of different things that she's been able to do. And she really took the gift of rap and used it as an entryway to parlay mm -hmm. into like just building an empire basically. So I would say her, 
Um, I put LL in that category too. Um, and then on the CHH side, I would definitely say Lecrae. Lecrae is a trailblazer. Um, and then I always go back. I always give homage to the OGs of CHH, like um, like Wiley. Um, I cannot think of his first name right now, but Bible Break, I give him uh, kudos because he was wrapping the Bi books of the Bible and it helped me to this day remember the order of the books of the Bible. And I remember my aunt, who I believe was going to a Christian school at the time, sent me the cassette. This is how long ago it was. It was in the 80s. And she was like, oh, I want you to check this out. It was a song mm -hmm. called Bible Break. And me and my cousins were, you know, memorizing literally the books of the Bible um, as in the form of a rap verse. So, um, but yeah, I just feel like hip hop is um, such a force. And even like what you were talking about with the hairstyles, like hip hop has always been more than just music. Hip hop has always influenced the culture as far as what people wear, how people look, how people talk, um, how people sound. Even if you're watching commercials on television, like, you know, like, and I'm hoping these people own their royalties or their masters because like I'm hearing songs from like, you know, like, 80s 90s in mainstream commercials which is amazing to me so um yeah i just i love the fact that hip-hop is getting its shine that it's getting the the due um credit and acknowledgement that it deserves so yeah and i'll say for me some of my top picks on the secular side are Missy Elliott. Um, oh, I used to love listening to Missy Elliott. Um, I also like Lauren Hill. I'm not sure if India Ivory would really classify as hip hop, but I also liked India Ivory. And as far as CHH, I'm definitely a Lecrae fan, Triple E. Um, now I've been listening to more of Jordan Armstrong, Gavi, V Rose. Um, those are the type of artists that I listen to now. I love it. I love it. And y'all, we would be remiss if we did not give a shout out to FMV, Freedom Music Group, and Rick Sincere, Beyond Belief. So if you don't know those artists, if you're not familiar with them, I'm going to let you do some research. You have an assignment to go and look them up. They are on Spotify and um, iTunes and YouTube, but go look up FMG, aka Freedom Music Group. You might see some familiar faces. That's all I'm gonna say. And then go check out Rick Sincere, um, Beyond Belief, the album, because you you just might see some familiar faces there. That's all I'm gonna say. So, all right. <laughs> yes. Um, also, one of the hot hot topics of the season. We had a guest on our show. Her name was Kama Green, um, and she's a life coach. And because you juggle a lot of different things in your life, uh, we wanted to know what types of support do you have um, to support like your mental health as you're juggling all the different things going on in your life? Mm. That's, a, that's a fantastic question. Um, <clears throat> I think rhythm, just rhythm in general is very, very important to me. I have given up on the idea of balance because balance is relative. It's just not going to happen. Um, but I believe in a good rhythm. So um, if I, f I feel like definitely my relationships with other people keep me anchored, like having friends that would say, hey, you want to go to brunch or my sister. We have these standing times where we get together for different things. Of course, my husband, he's always thinking of fun things to do. And we have like different things on our calendar that just kind of keeps us planning for the next thing. Family, friends, all those different things. But I also want to highlight me and something that is I've tried to do is keep the promises that I make to myself. Mm. So, so for instance, like we keep promises to each other all the time. We say we're going to show up for this person, show up for that person. Like one thing I have devoted myself to is working out three times a week hard. And so I go to boot camp three times a week. I have a Peloton in the back that I go get on if I don't, for whatever reason, don't get to go. Um, to boot camp. And sometimes things come up. There's an opportunity to go out and do this, that, or the other. But I say that I treat that like my job. I show up and work this job from this time to this time for these people every day. I can show up for myself from seven to eight for boot camp three times a week or on my bike 
for an hour. And and to be honest with you, I feel like it goes such a long way for my perception of myself because not only have I done right by other people, but I've done right by me. So like, <clears throat> I like to read. I love to read. I can sit in a room for hours with no television on with just my Kindle or my phone or the actual book in my hand and be absolutely happy. So when I notice I haven't done that because I've been busy with a lot of other things, I'll put time on the calendar to do it. You know, I, I calendar everything in my life. I calendar, okay, medical appointments. I calendar the fun. I calendar schoolwork when things are due and I try to make it due way before so that I'm not getting stressed. I calendar when I work out and I try to stick. And again, it's not to say that I can't be spontaneous or anything like that, but there's just certain things that I think that just really work for me in my life. And, um, and it just really helps um, just in general with just keeping that rhythm, that rhythm and that flow um, for things, you know, um, just in life in general. Whew, that's good. Like, I hope y'all were picking up what she was putting down, but keeping promises to yourself, mm -hmm. that right there, that's a title for something. Like for real, like we need to keep the promises that we make to ourselves. I love yes. that. And showing Absolutely. up for ourselves consistently. Because if we don't show up for ourselves, then we can't show up for other people. We mm. cannot. We cannot. And we go so long in our life. And I think especially just as women in general, I think we're raised to kind of just be selfless, right? And you know what? I think that selfishness is actually a little bit healthy. There mm. are times when you need to be selfish. If you notice that you have a tickle in your throat, instead of going down here, maybe you make yourself a cup of tea, right? Maybe, you know, make sure you take care of that because you won't be able to talk to the person if you don't do that, right? Um, yeah, I think that we just have to find that nice rhythm in it. And, and like we, we talk about this all the time, boundaries. And we already know that the people who fight against our boundaries, probably don't have our best um, our best um, life in mind anyway. They, you know, they're not really probably for us because those are the people that really act up who have benefited from our lack of boundaries, right? So when we put up those boundaries and we're like, oh, I'm not available from this time to this time, can we get together at this time? And they're not willing to move it around. They, I mean, again, like, you know, and again, some things you, you cannot, and you know, not to say you can't, but like when you can, let's do it. Let's be flexible with each other because, you know, other than that, like, you know, that's just what we need to do. And I think boundaries, I'm learning how to establish them <laughs> later in life. And I wish I would have done it earlier. You know, I would have probably, not done so many things, but then I would have also done so many other things, you know. Um, but yeah, boundaries are key, I think. And I think that's a part of mental health too. When we know our limits and we know, wait a minute, I got a lot going on this week. So maybe I don't want to schedule that brunch with my friends on Saturday because maybe I need to sleep in for an extra 30 minutes or I don't need to move my car because I've been driving for 20 hours this week. Good. Yeah. Really good. All awesome nuggets and tips. Um, Maya, did you want to talk about the uh, Rich Girls HQ? Oh, yeah, sure, sure. Uh, so, y'all, the first half of our season, we had the privilege of interviewing four amazing women that were honored at uh, the Rich Girls Brunch that uh, LaToya and I went to actually um, earlier this year. And um, we were invited by one of our uh, friends, another friend to friend of BE or friend to BE. Um, and she, we actually, gosh, we interviewed Wanda White. I want to say that was last season. So, uh, but yeah, so she is actually a rich girl herself and invited us to their annual brunch. And it was really, really good. And I know y'all are like rich girl, what's rich girl, but um, it's an amazing organization of women supporting women and empowering and equipping one another. And just having that accountability as you go towards your, your goals or dreams that God has put in your heart. And so they have five pillars that they focus on, um, rich in mind, rich in body, rich in wealth, rich in spirit, and rich in relationships. Mm -hmm. And so we interviewed 
four of the five recipients of those awards. And so we interviewed Nia Swindle White, um, who won the Rich and Body Award. She has an amazing story. So y'all check that episode out if you didn't already. We interviewed, I'm trying to remember everyone's name, Katrina King, Rich in Relationships. And she taught us about the game of golf and how it's used in relationship building and networking. So that was amazing. I was like, oh my gosh. We interviewed Cheryl. I can't remember Cheryl. Oh, Sherry. Sorry. Sherry Denard. And she's rich in wealth. And she talked to us about protecting our assets through life insurance and just um, managing what God has allowed us to be stewards over. So that was amazing. And then we interviewed Taquanda Miles, who uh, received the Rich in Spirit Award. And she actually, not only did she talk to us about being rich in spirit, but she dropped some gems on entrepreneurship as well. Um, and so it was awesome, awesome, awesome. So, but one question that was asked during the brunch and that we asked each one of our guests is what is your rich vision? And so we want to ask you that, Crystal, like what uh -huh. is your rich vision for your life? And it doesn't have to be, you know, we can have multiple and I'm sure we all do have multiple rich visions depending on whatever aspect of life we are um, talking about or thinking about in that moment. So um, don't feel like you have to, it has to be all encompassing, but if you want to just share from one particular <laughs> area of your life, what is your rich vision? That would be great. Mm -hmm. Oh, wee. That, that was all so good. You want to be rich in all those areas, right? But I think if I was going to highlight one, I would say rich in relationships, rich in love. Mm, that's good. Uh, it, I would, yeah, rich in love, like relationships. And that includes relationship with myself, right? Relationships with my friends, my family, my husband, my colleagues, just those healthy relationships where it's mutually beneficial, right? And of course, there are some times where it goes one way because maybe it's a seasonal or temporary type of relationship. Um, but I think because really at the end of the day, people, mm. I didn't always, I didn't always see it, mm. but people, people are, why we exist if people are why we're here and God placed people in our lives for a reason. Mm. And then I think I learned the hard way that my relationship with myself is just as important too. So I'm working on that personally, like learning ways to love myself, how to yeah. take care of myself. And, yeah. and of course, like take care of other people too and all that, but then recognizing when, wait a minute. Okay. Something is off here. Let me take care of here. And then I can go pour, 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 right? Because we can't pour anything from an empty vessel. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's so good. So good. Rich in relationships. I mean, you're absolutely right. I, um, I definitely need to grow in that area as well. I feel like I have certain seasons where I lean into relationships more than others. And then if I'm honest, um, when I've experienced hurt or rejection or um, guilt or loss or whatever, it causes me to build up a wall regarding relationships where I'm like, okay, as long as I got me and Jesus, I'm good. And God is like, that's cute and everything, but uh, I put you on this earth for a reason. So you need to like get back out there. You know, you could come and rest in my arms and be healed and made whole, but I need you to get back out there and start building and, and cultivating those relationships again. And so that is definitely a challenge for me. Um, one that I am actively, as we speak, working on because it's it's hard. It's very hard, especially when you've been hurt or rejected or you have not treated people well yourself and you're like, God, I don't want to jack up another relationship, Lord. Like, you got to help me figure this out. And at the end of the day, that is what I believe God is trying to teach me. He is showing me like, yes, you need me in order to do relationships right. So I need you to keep doing it because it's yet another opportunity for you to depend on me. It's yet another aspect of your life in which I need you to depend on me. You know, I have to trust him um, with how to have healthy relationships. And then at the same time, I have to trust him. I'm ultimately trusting him with my heart. 
I'm mm -hmm. ultimately trusting him with my emotions and my expectations. I'm ultimately trusting him um, because we know people are flawed. No one is perfect. So, you know, we're going to get hurt. We're going to get disappointed. But if we're trusting God in the process, he is the one who's able to help us to overcome that and to mm -hmm. um, still come out on the other side of it intact, healthy and whole. And as a matter of fact, having healthy relationships. So, oh, it's a process. We could do a whole show on that. We should. Yes. Um, I definitely feel like that is a, a an area of growth for me as well, especially the um, relationship with myself um, as a mom of four. I I feel like sometimes I put my relationship with myself on the back burner because I'm so busy cultivating all the other relationships of wife and a mother of four kids and then relationships at work. And um, I'm kind of an introvert and I don't really like talking to people, but <laughs> I'm finding myself being pushed out of my comfort zone, especially this year. And really having to uh, lead and talk to people and um, get up in front of people and, you know, do professional developments and different things that's like outside of my comfort zone and just um, having confidence uh, in myself and my abilities. And um, yeah, it's an area of growth for me. So, yeah. wow. And well, we all have our work cut out for us, ladies. We, <laughs> we, can work on, we can work on it together because I think we all, we all have, I think, strengths in those areas, like in terms of motherhood, in terms of being a wife, in terms of self. And I think we can just lean on each other and um, do a better job, I think, of reaching out and say, how are you doing? Like, I think about Toya all the time because I'm thinking, like, I know how many hats that she's wearing. And it's like, you know, you want to meet up for some ice cream or something? Like I've been thinking about, it, but I know how busy it's been. But I think we can definitely do a better job, you know, as a sisterhood of, of those things. That's good. So good. Woo. All right. Toya, do you have anything else on top, hot topics of the season before we dive into becoming? Let's dive on into okay. All right. So, Crystal, as many times as we have had you on Becoming Eva, I'm trying to remember, and I know Toya just read your bio, your amazing bio, and we talked about you completing yet another degree right now, which is amazing. Can you share with us a little bit how you got into the field of education and um, when you knew that was something you were passionate about? Mm, oh, wow. It's a lot deeper than I was thinking. I feel like it's kind of always been in my soul somewhere because I, being the oldest child, like, you know, I helped everybody with their homework. We would play army growing up and I was always a sergeant or whatever. Like, it was really weird. Like, I was always kind of like the teacher of the class or what have you. And I remember coming home one day, I think I was in high school, maybe it was ninth, 10th grade. And I came home and I was just so excited. And I said, mom, mom, I know what I want to do. I know what I want to be. And she and she was just like, you know, doing something, you know, what moms do probably mm -hmm. dinner or something just, and, you know, and I said, and I was just, when I tell you, I felt that thing burning inside of me. And she said, well, what is it? You know, that kind of thing. I said, I want to be a teacher. And I'm thinking that the I'm thinking that the, the, the fireworks are going to go off, thinking my mom is going to be just as excited as me and all of that. And she's like, huh, I kind of figured that. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> and then I, I kind of ran from it because I realized I wasn't going to get rich being a <laughs> I realized that I wasn't going to be able to make enough money to do the things that I wanted to do for my family, for my future family. And so I, I went to college and decided to major in business, honey, because I was, oh, wow. about, to be, I was about to be an entrepreneur. And I actually still have that leaning, but I ran from it. I majored in business. I did minored in Spanish. I was really good with accounting, really good with like all the things. Like I, I, did, I think I did very well. And I wow. Oh. I, I was a volunteer tutor also along the way. 
And I graduated with my degree in business in undergrad. Um, but then when it was time to decide what I wanted to do, I was like, I'm not quite wanting to go into uh, corporate America. I'm, I don't want to like, go into that. That's just not how I want to pour, like how I want to. And so I ended up applying for AmeriCorps. And the AmeriCorps program I did for a year paid barely enough to survive in Atlanta. But I was here in Atlanta <laughs> doing a year of AmeriCorps school-based at a middle school. And um, after, and then while I was yet doing that program, I applied to Teach for America. And mind you, I applied to Teach for America twice. Before I applied for AmeriCorps, I applied to Teach for America. I didn't get it that time around. But then I applied the second time around and I got into Teach for America. I went through all the things they asked me to go through, got in, went to teach, got my certification, kept going, kept going, kept going, kept teaching. And then inevitably, you know, you get to a point, I think not everybody, but some people get to a point in their teaching career where the capacity of other teachers. And so I develop a love for professional learning and, and, and development. And I just really wanted to see how can I take the things that I have learned in the classroom, outside the four walls of my classroom, and really help build the capacity and, and, and really see how we can build consistency of practice in a school building. And then I went from that to, well, what does this look at the district level? And so like now, you know, I'm at the district as a program specialist in professional learning, and I get to literally provide professional learning to all of our stakeholders in the district. And, and I feel like sometimes people can't make those connections, but I think everything we do connect back to the child, everything we do. Like when we think about those wonderful people who get up and drive those buses and get our students to school safely, they have one of the most important jobs. And they're, if they don't get that done, the kids won't get to the school to be learning, to learn. And then I love, I love, love, love our custodians. When I tell you they, they have my heart, you know, and they would go out of their way to make sure your classroom is just amazing and ready to receive students. And, you know, I just feel like everyone has a part. There's no big and small players in the field of education. Yes, the, the, you know, the pay and the notoriety might be different, but really when you think about it, the bottom line is children. The bottom line is children and also their families. So um, I wanted to be a part of eradicating generational poverty. Like mm -hmm. as, as Toya shared, like I come from humble beginnings. I have, I, I've been blessed to have amazing parents. Um, however, you know, there was limitations in what I could be exposed to and what could be provided for a variety of reasons. And a lot of that is because of ed education or the lack thereof. And I think I learned when I learned and found out that, wait a minute, if I learned this and I learned that, and if I um, pursue this, then I can open up doors. So doors can be open, possibilities can be open, and the prospect of doing that for other people and children to think about. Like, I was the first college graduate in my family, I was the first high school graduate in my immediate family. So, those things mean a lot to me in terms of. And, and I'm not saying this to pump myself up, but uh, but I've heard, but I recognize that sometimes you need to see that one person in your family can do it. And once you see it, it becomes the norm. Yeah. We graduate from high school now. We go to college now. We have a trade now. Yeah. You know, we are homeowners now. You know, literally, we are homeowners now. Like awesome. everyone in my family, son's my brother who, you know, is in between a little bit own a home or in that space have, I would say very just, and I think, and a lot of times when we talk about it, we talk about having our dad in the house and our mom and dad that made a big yeah. difference. But then we, they also said sometimes say seeing you go off to college, seeing you try for more really opened the eyes of what is possible. So I think that's what education is all about opening the eyes to what is possible, ending generational poverty, ending generational illiteracy, um, partnering with families, because sometimes the families do need help with their children. Mm. It, takes a, it takes a village. It does. Like Toya, can't, Toya is a great mom and Ryan is a great father, but they can't raise them four kids by themselves. Absolutely. They need a village around them. Yeah. And both educators are a part of their village. That's so. awesome. Mm -hmm. mm. Amen.
we do need a village. <laughs> and I love, I love, love, love our village. Just, yes. We cannot do it by ourselves. Amen. That's so good. Wow. Well, I, I can tell it's something you're passionate about, like literally just listening to what you were sharing. And I always have told those that are in the education field, like, I know it's a calling because you have to go above and beyond. You are not compensated nearly as much as you should be, you know, and your job never ends. I tell people this all the time. I was a summer camp counselor for just one summer. It wasn't even a whole summer. And I knew after those, what, six, eight weeks, where I was like, oh, this is, I, I'm not, I'm not cut out to be a teacher because it doesn't stop. You, you planning activities and executing, and then don't let them have a short attention span. And you didn't not plan enough. You're like, oh God, I got to occupy these people for another three hours. What am I going to do? Like, it is definitely a calling. So kudos to you both. Because I know you're excellent at what you do, but I also know that you literally take loaves and fishes year after year after year and you multiply it into this amazing bounty for something that is so incredibly important. I mean, education and our the next generation is literally the foundation of our society. Like it's it's literally what our society will become is based on the next generation and the education that they will or will not receive. And so the just, yeah, what you all have invested over the years and what you continue to invest like does not go unnoticed. So I thank yeah. God for you both. That's yeah. 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 And I think it's also kind of, it's sad that um, they build jails based on third grade reading levels, yeah. Yeah. Um, which is a sad reality. But yes. yeah, we got to educate our babies. We mm. do. We wow. do. Huh. Well, thank you for sharing your story. I feel like I learned so much about you, Crystal. Like, I did not know you were majoring in business. I'm like, we need to talk. Like, you you are an accountant guru. I'm studying accounting now. I could use some help, girl. But yes, so all that to say, based on just your journey and just some of the things that we have talked about and um, the areas in which you excel and have blazed a trail for your family, are there any tips or words of wisdom that you would give to those that are either pursuing education or just trying to determine and figure out what they are passionate about? I would say don't go into education unless you love children in all their forms. <laughs> all their forms. The, the best and worst, because I'm telling you, you're going to get them both. And when you think about children, I'm not thinking about just K-5, K-12. Children, the whole child. Uh, I'm, I'm very deeply passionate about the whole child. Um, trust the process. Those first few years, especially if you go into the classroom, can be some of the most emotionally unhinged in your life. Get you a mentor, a sap. Get a mentor and get mentors as you go through the different trajectories of your career. Like I have the same mentor. One of my mentors is the same mentor that I had my first year in the classroom. She's been my mentor for 16 years and he has been instrumental in me getting other mentors because of where I'm going. Like she's one of those people who is incredible, who could have probably been a school level principal or whatever, but she wanted to stay in the classroom. But me, I'm somebody who's kind of venturing out the classroom into other places. So she's encouraged me to get mentors along the way. Mm -hmm. um, and just know like, you know, there are so many different trajectories like that you can take in education yeah. that I didn't even know when I was within the four walls of the classroom. I didn't know that my current position existed when I was in the classroom. So be willing to take the ride. When I tell you it's worth it, it's worth it. But guess what? Um, don't forget to take care of yourself. I can't say that enough. I did not take very good care of myself those first few years. I skipped doctor's appointments. I skipped dentists. I was in pain and still in front of children. And I get it. But when I tell you, please take care of you. Mm. Because, because no one except people who are really close to you are going to know that you're burnt out. No one. 
um, and you have to be able to take care of you because you got to think about longevity. Yeah. So th the thing is, though, this is not a sprint. This is a marathon. So day by day, moment by moment, month by month, year by year. That's good. I love it. That's good. Whew, wow. Anything else either of you want to share regarding becoming? No. I uh, just want to remind everybody, make sure you um, get your merch yes. on our website, get your shirts, your mugs, your water bottle, um, totes, flip-flops, all kinds of things, jackets. Um, go to our website at becomingevatoday.com if you would like to support us. Um, and don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Becoming Eva Today. Thank you guys again for joining us for the season seven Yay. finale of Becoming Eva. We'll see y'all next time. It's been a pleasure. Bye. <laughs> Don't forget to like us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Click subscribe on YouTube and subscribe to the podcast. Check us out at becomingevatoday.com or email us at becomingevatoday.com. See you next time. <laughs>